This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 383 of the Trishage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Today we have a great nutrition tip from Kentucky Performance Products. Reese met a listener at her regional finals that we're going to talk to, and Justin from Total Saddle Fit will be with us to talk about some great products. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, tonight we are super excited. Glenn got to stop by. How are you, Glenn? Good. Congratulations, Reese. I saw your big news. You know what I felt like? I felt like a proud papa, and I'm not even <laughs> your papa. <laughs> oh, well, you guys have been around and it's been super fun to develop this young horse. And, you know, when things go well and it happens and he just, he did, he just kind of grew up. I, I, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's just when we got, hello, hello, hello. I know he was so cute. He just had some swagger he's never had before. He was like, I got this. I know what I'm here to do. And I was like, yes, I don't know where this came from, but Thank you. At the right moment in history, this is here. So it was a good weekend, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the Nationals. So. I bet you are. And, yeah. I bet you are. Yep. So yes. so I want to congratulate you. I won't take up much of your time. I want to congratulate you both, and thank you so much for everything you've done for the Horse Radio Network. And now you'll be leaving. And I'm, No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> Like, the me. listeners just had a heart attack. <laughs> just had a heart attack. That's we funny. are hitting, uh, by the time this show comes out, we have, will have hit our 5,000th episode on the Horse Radio Network. And there are probably six or eight, maybe, uh, podcast networks in the world that have ever hit 5,000 episodes. And we did that without missing an episode on any of the shows, uh, which is unheard of. And... The Horse Radio Network is very well respected in the podcast world. They strive to be like us. And I just wanted that you guys are a big part of that for the last four years almost. And I just appreciate you so much. And thanks to all the sponsors and the listeners and Kentucky Performance Products and, and all the sponsors, Total Saddle Fit, uh, Dr. Roses, everybody that sponsors on all of our shows for for being there and our listeners and auditors we have the best listeners and auditors in the industry and and other podcasters are jealous of them too so we just wow. appreciate you all so high much. five congratulations to you and jen five, you guys yeah. I, I it's unbelievable you guys had quite the vision to to make this network happen it's it's awesome and phil and i are super excited to be a part of it and it's yeah we just do the small part we don't have to do all the behind the scenes and, yeah, and, exactly. and thank god for my wife jennifer who's on here too yeah that, uh, Without her, this would not have happened either. She's she has put in endless hours and had to tolerate me. So she's got double whammy there. Uh, <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Reese knows what that's like. So <laughs> that's awesome, guys. That's so cool. Congratulations. Oh yeah, it's been a fun journey from you know jumping on a few years ago to you know continuing to keep making episodes and meeting our sponsors and meet, meeting our wonderful listeners and just growing the 
growing the dressage radio show family, growing the horse radio network family. It's been really great. It's been an awesome you know, experience. You know how I know you guys have succeeded? Because I can't tell you how many people have told me that they don't ride dressage, but they listen to this show anyway. And you probably couldn't say that for people watching dressage shows. So <laughs> the, the fact that they're listening to you guys, even though they don't ride dressage, says a lot about, about what you do on your show. Uh, it really does. And, and you know what? I, what we want you to do, it's also International Podcast Day on Friday the 30th. We want all of your listeners to go out and tell all of their dressage friends or not, or just their horsey friends, all of their horsey friends at the barn, any at work, anybody you see this weekend that's horsey, tell them about the Horse Radio Network, tell them about the dressage radio show. Don't tell them it's a podcast. We're finding that that is a problem. People are going, well, I don't know what podcasts are. I'm not going to list this too hard. Yeah, I think just the education on what, you know, podcasts, there's a lot of really good podcasts out there. Um, you know, ours, of course, right? But, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff for people to consume. Without, I mean, it's not it's not too much trouble. The technology is in your hand most of the time. So, And I think that's what you have to kind of explain to them, is that this is easy. It's just on it's demand. It's so easy. Yeah, yeah, you listen when you want to on your phone or at the computer at home or at work. And the other thing is encourage them to download the free Horse Radio Network app, iOS or Android. Just go to the App Store, search for Horse Radio Network. It's so simple to listen to the shows there. Anybody can do that. Yeah, If I can and, do it, everybody can do it. Let's be real here. And, like, and I think, you know, if you have an iPhone, there's a podcast app on it. All you do is go on it and search Dressage Radio and it comes up. Uh, it. And it's downloaded automatically to your phone when they come out. So it, it just can't get any. E it's easier than finding a radio station on it your is. car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And which we is do, hard we in our area. Yeah. Anyways, right. Uh, and we would so, love it to spread spread the word that that we're out. We're here every week, and and we really do. And we love our listeners, and we love feedback. We want to. We if there's anything you guys would like to hear, we like to have it on. And and we if you have the question, so does someone else. I'm sure of it. So we like to have it on and do it for you. So if uh, all of you went out and told two people, we'd triple the size of this audience. That would be so, awesome. We'd break the internet again, Glenn. That's right. We'd have to get another new server. And, uh, by the way, I will again, be happy yeah. to pay for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get it done. Let's get her done. Awesome. Uh, well, here's to thanks, another guys. five thousand. Congratulations, guys. Well, Reese, we heard a little uh, snippet about your regionals. How how did it all go? Everything over overall. I, I know hello was awesome, but so it was good. The weather was good. <laughs> It was actually the weather was good. Uh, we had a little rocky start getting there. I had two, not one, two tire blowouts. Uh, that was a little stressful. So we got there a little late on Wednesday, but everybody was, was on fine. On your trailer or the truck? On my trailer. So uh, same side. Different sides. So oh, now man. I currently have a spare of my spare because, of course, problem was we had our blowout. I heard the first blowout was pretty. I heard it. I heard a pop and I was like, something was weird. What was that noise? And I pulled over and my tire did have a bubble in it. So we put the spare on. Well, then I didn't have a spare. And thankfully, we found a tire place. They didn't have a tire there. Somebody had to go get a tire from the other warehouse. So 45 minutes later, they came back. But I just now I have a spare of the spare. So I have because the problem is if you have trailer tires, a lot of times the tire shops don't carry that size. Right. Just a PSA for everybody. Um, so, you know, now 
this tire doesn't have a rim on it. Somebody would have to rim, put a rim, but any tire shop should be able to do that. So, uh, so I have to get my trailer looked at. That was annoying, but, um, hello was great. Um, he ended up being reserve on the fourth level freestyle. Um, and I had some bobbles. I'm not going to lie. One of the bobbles was my own mistake. Uh, you know how we always talk about riding half alts in the corner. I should probably yeah. have uh, listened to myself. I had a break in the extended uh, trot to the canter. Oh, yeah, and it was yeah. my fault. It was my fault. I should have waited. I was a little bit behind my music and chasing it a little bit. And um, should have ridden a better half halt. And then I had a bobble in the pirouette. Um, so, But he was still very, very good. Got over 70%. So couldn't couldn't be fussy with him. And uh, then he actually won a, a very big class of the Open Pre-St. George. So I was really proud of him. That was uh, almost a 70% in that, in that class. That was the highest score he's had all year. And um, so it was pretty cool. He got to peak cool. at the right time. He did. He did. And so now, <laughs> you know, we were, we'll talk to Amy, our listener here later in the show. But, you know, that's always now the issue. What do you, what do, you do kind of leading up to a championship? And uh, I'm not going to lie, we kind of changed the strategy a little bit. I was, I was planning on doing an, an I-1 at the end of the month just to kind of see how he would do. And uh, we decided not to do that because of the finals and just to really focus on the pre-St. George and uh, the balance that we really need for that. So that's the plan. And get your freestyle better. And get my freestyle. That, that no freestyle bobbles. Is, no bobbles. That freestyle, it, it, it is a really good freestyle. So, um, and I found out, poor guy, he actually, what's really going to change my training is I, when I entered the horse show, um, both my championship rides are on the same day. Mm. that's tough there's basically yeah. two pre-st george's on the same day so um he is gonna do i'm gonna have to do a couple two a days like i'm gonna have to a l- little bit adjust the training more for him just to know he can be ridden twice a day and that's yeah. that's a lot to ask Build him. the stamina a little bit yep so i have to kind of reorg my training a little bit uh just due to the fact that there's there's he's got to go twice in one day uh which i'm not happy about but there's not much I tried to do what I could do and that's is what it is but I'm lucky I don't have to travel so I hope no one else has that same issue but anyways it is what it is then uh the horse park's only about 10 minutes from my house so he doesn't have to travel far so that's nice and I can be fine yeah he'll be be all right so uh so that was it and then I took another horse uh Marcus uh owned by Pam McKee Pam and Will McKee and he was great it was a very I love that there are a lot of people at this regionals, but there were a lot of people and horses. Um, it was a really tight venue. I was at Lamplight, yeah. which is a beautiful facility, but whew, tight. It was very, very tight and a lot of horses and pretty much everybody played nicely in the sandbox together. And overall, it was a really, really good thing. So it was a lot of fun and um, glad to be home safe and sound and uh, met some great people and had a really good time. Shout out to my sister, Lindsay, who came to coach me, uh, which was great. So it's been really fun. So, yeah. And so now you're how- off on the next adventure. You're, you're I am. We're so doing next- the show and then you're, and then you're out again. Yeah, I'm out again. I am off to Germany uh, tomorrow actually. Uh, and I uh, have some fun horse shopping stories. I'm looking for three horses over there this trip. So uh, it's going to be a really busy time in the next week or so. So, and I plan that actually, as we all know with horses, you have to plan when you're away uh, for the horses. So I'm going to be away and, and, uh, Hello, we'll get a little little downtime. He'll be ridden, but not not super hard. So 
it's all good. So very good. Well, yeah, you know, so. safe travels and good luck. Thank and you. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, next week, uh, I think there's going to uh, be a best of show, and uh, we'll be Phil and I will be back in two weeks. So looking forward to that. Well, Phil, as you know, this is the year of the listener, and I met a really fun listener, Amy, uh, at a regional finals. I hope you enjoy your interview. Well. For our next listener, we actually have a very funny story. Um, Amy Beisner and I were uh, standing at at the Region 2 finals in the awards area, and I was just chatting with my sister, and Amy gave me this look of, how do I know you? And I said, I'm Reese from the Horse Radio Network, and Amy Beisner was so cute. She was so excited, and she is an avid listener to the show. So, Amy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. We are so happy to have you, and to celebrate the Year of the Listener, I said, Amy, will you come on the show? And her husband piped up before she could even say no, and said she'd love to. So here we are. Well, he knows me. <laughs> it was so cute. So Amy, get it, start us off. How did you start riding, and, and what got you to the point where you and Miss Reveille were third, uh, third level reserve champion for the adult amateur? How did that all happen? Well, let's see, I've been riding since maybe the early 90s, and I've always been in um, the Chicagoland area, and so um, I've, I've kind of aimed for dressage early on. Um, my mom enjoyed it, so I followed suit. Um, so I've been kind of struggling as an amateur for a long time, um, taking lessons here and there as I could afford. And as I got older, I was able to afford more and get some more lessons. Um, and I bought um, Ellie, which is Reveille. And uh, we she's 12 now, but I bought her as a four-year-old. And um, we've been kind of struggling slowly along. And, um, you know, it, it's been a slow climb. But she's doing fantastic, and she works so hard. And she's such a good mare. Uh, she she really comes every time comes and does her job so um, it makes it easier when a horse is like that when you don't have to push them so hard she really does come to come to it with her work work workmanship like attitude and it's nice a a good work ethic goes a long way doesn't it it really does it makes up for a few of our small flaws (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no and so Amy how did you find her you said you bought her as a four year old so how did you yeah. do that uh, you know how did you find her um yeah so I think it was kind of through the grapevine she is um by a local stallion so she's an Indian art baby and um who is an art deco uh, baby so um, yeah. He was a stallion that is in our area, and somehow I found out that um, he had a couple of horses for sale by that stallion. And I went and took a look at her when she was four. She was broke. She was under saddle for 30 days or something like that when I bought her. But her face, it was, it was all her face. Her face sold it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. So what was kind of your, your progression this year for getting to the regionals? I mean, how did you kind of start this year's journey? Um, this year, I really did 
focus on the third level. I've been um, playing around with some of the fourth level movements, and we've done we did second level, and we did do some third level classes last year. Um, but this year, I really wanted to focus just on third level and really try to gain strength um, in those in the um, the movements in third level. So um, we started off here kind of, you know, doing all right, kind of tough. The finish was fantastic. I mean, I'm just over the moon about it. She was so rock solid. Um, and I guess it's all about getting out into that arena. The more you're in the arena, the more often it, it feels so much more natural. So getting out into the arena um, the show arena really does help a lot. And how much? a little bit yeah. about how, sorry, I was just going to say, ask her to tell us a little bit how you develop the strength for the third level, because I think that's an, a very important component for a lot of people thinking that they're going to move up to third level next year if they're showing second level. And, and uh, what do you think the key was to, to be successful in third? Well, for sure, the changes. Um, and for sure, the change has got to be kind of clean. And what I noticed about being an amateur and working with your own horse, teaching and learning the changes kind of at the same time, is that it definitely takes a lot longer. You're going to go through various things. Your timing just isn't that good. Your horse can get a little bit more um, upset about it. Um, so it takes a little it takes more time to develop the timing yourself and then for your horse to really acclimate to the aids. My horse for sure last year was, you know, kicking out at the aids often, especially in the show arena. But um, we kept working it slowly and it was a matter of bringing it in uh, daily so it became part of our daily workout. A few changes here and there, um, and that helped a lot. And just the strength overall. Um, I think a lot of the bend has got to be good. I'm still working on bending, really solid, good bend. Um, and I think that builds strength. Um, and um, generally. Her strength has got to come along with each activity. She's just yeah. got to keep, yeah, it's tricky. Keep going. It's hard. And it is hard. And she also, since we started playing with some of the fourth level stuff, it it has also helped us with the strength for third level. So, yes. and in yeah, strength, it's, getting, it's tough. Strength is one of those things that just sometimes I just tell people you just got to keep doing it. It's sort of like you know, coming back from an injury or, or whatever, you just, one day you're like, Oh, Oh, I can pedal the bike a little harder today. Or I can, I can do a few more squats. I'm, I'm just able to do it. It's just from the work that you've been doing. And so uh, I think this is the same with movements, you know, as you work on a little bit, so maybe something in the fourth level, it's a little more challenging or as you do more transitions at some point it will happen. It, it just, sometimes it's hard to know uh, when it's going to happen. <laughs> um, so I think that that's a very, and third level is, is a no joke level. I mean, it is, it's where things start to get really, really challenging and the horses really have to pay attention and be on your aids. So that makes complete sense. 
Um, so, so yeah. So now are, what's the plan? Are you guys coming to Kentucky? Yes, we are. We're, yes. we're going to, that's another thing my husband forced me to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky to have him supporting me. Sounds like a good motivator. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's yes. fantastic. Well, you know, I always believe in horses when, when it's going well, go for it because there's a lot of times you don't make it. So, and you want to, so I'm always a, a fan of that. So what, what's Just your plan? It. Yeah. It's like about a month and a half to reach um, nationals here in Kentucky. So what's your plan? You know, and I've just started thinking about that. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of on the fence of how I want to deal with this. Like, do I want to, um, do I want to focus more on some of the fourth level work? You know, I mean, there are certain things that I really need to, like the pirouette canter. Yeah, that's going to make us stronger, which isn't, it should help everything else. Do I focus on that or do I try to clean up? you know, some of the just strictly bending stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still sort of torn. Sure. And, 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 and just for our listeners, regionals just happened. So I think we're all trying to still recover from the weekend, but uh, no, that is always the question, you know, going to the next finals, you know, what do you want to, where do you want to focus on? And in a month and a half is, is a long time, but it's not a long time. You know, when you, when yeah, you that goes look really back fast. Over. It really does. It'll go, it'll be here before we all know it. Um, and that is always the question, you know, and, and that's where it's always nice to, to have your trainer to, to bounce it off of. And, and you probably can't make a wrong decision. Um, but it is always, uh, you know, uh, the challenge of, of going to a championship, but uh, it, it, it's going to be really fun here in Kentucky and I'm looking for it. I hope I run into you again for sure. And Amy, we, we wish you and, and Miss Reveille all the luck and I can't wait to see you guys here in Kentucky. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. We love our listeners and please, if you, if everybody else out there has a good story or you see Phil and I at a horse show, grab us and, and we will probably ask you to come on as well. Well, tonight we have the Kentucky Performance Products Tip of the Month with KPP, Kentucky Performance Products President, Karen Isberg. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, Reese. Well, Hi, I'm, Nice to be here. We are yeah, so happy awesome. to have you. We're happy to have you on. Well, Karen is fantastic. She is who we work with at Maplecrest Farm with our supplements, and she is a genius. So I'm so happy that she's here to talk to us. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, this month, feeding supplemental fat to meet your horse's energy requirements. So Karen, that is already so, I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we talking about? I love it. So can you get us started? Okay. Well, you know, nowadays um, we face a lot of issues with our horses. We've learned that um, if we feed them too much starch and sugar, so too much grains, that that it causes a lot of trouble in the hindgut, and it leads to situations um, like ulcers and colic and also insulin resistance. So we've learned from that, we've learned that we need to come up with a different source of energy, and that source of energy has turned out to be fat. And actually, fats are kind of found all over the place. Um, did you know, Reese, that your pasture is anywhere from 27 to 4.8% fat? No, really? Yeah, so when your horse is, is out right? eating grass, he's actually <laughs> eating fat. Oh, 
And, well, and one funny. of the reasons why horses look so nice after they've been grazing out on grass for a while is because, you know, they're eating quite a bit of grass. So they're actually getting quite a bit of fat. Interesting. Kind of that pretty bloom on their coat. And, and Karen, would that kind of depend on what, I mean, I was, you know, in Lexington, that's fantastic. You know, we have great grass, but what about different, you know, if you're out West or you're, you're in different areas of the country? Well, sure. I mean, and that, that would be a, that's why I gave you the range. It's anywhere from 2% to 5% fat, depending on your grass. So, I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, out in um, Utah and you're grazing uh, on out in the desert, you're obviously not going to get that kind of fat in your grass. But if you're in an area where there's a decent, where there's a decent pasture grass growing, then you are going to get some fat in your grass. But a lot of people don't realize that there is. Is that like vegetable oil fat? Is that, you know, oils that are contained within the within the plant exactly mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense that makes sense That's what it would be. and then so there's also some fat in your grass hay if you get hay if you feed your horse hay it can be anywhere from oh as low as one and a half to as high as three percent fat depending on the grass hay so your horse is always getting a little bit of fat in his diet anyway so it's something that they are they they would naturally be digesting so it's something that they can digest a lot of people associate fat mainly with, you know, kind of animal byproducts and things. Animal fats, And they would yeah. think, well, yeah, I mean, a horse isn't ever eating fat. A horse doesn't eat fat. But it's it, that's not true. They do eat fat. They just eat vegetable sources of fat versus animal sources of fat. And, of course, we all know the vegetable sources tend to be a little bit healthier for you. Excellent. So now, so let's say, like, because here in Florida, obviously, our horses, I mean, they go out for like half an hour. At home, you know, they're out all day. So... Talk to us about how that changes. I mean, now we, myself, we have a big change in the horse's diet. So how would we, you know, kind of bring the fat back in or, you know, if we needed to have horses gain some weight? Yeah, absolutely. So what you're looking at then, or oftentimes, even if your horse is out on pasture, if you start working them harder, then, you know, they are, they need more calories, just like a person does. If you work harder, if you run hard, you need more calories in your diet. And your, you know, your hays and your typical concentrates that are high in starches and sugars, you can only feed so much of that. A horse has a limited ability to digest starch and sugar. And once you hit that limit, the starches and sugars are just passed through their stomach into the hind gut. And when they get into the hind gut, the bugs that are back there, they love that starch and sugar, but it causes them to produce a lot of lactic acid and it changes the pH balance in the hind gut. And that's where you get laminitis and you get colic when horses are eating too much starch and sugar in their grain. So if you've got a horse where you're feeding them the max grain that you can, um, starchy, sugary grains, and you're feeding them all the hay that you can and you're still not meeting their energy requirements, then you can add fat into the diet. Or if you have a horse that's very sensitive to starch and sugar, you can replace those kinds of feeds with fat. And you can meet the energy requirements that they have. So tell us a little bit about sources of fat, because I know the, the you know, sort of the, the old, old method is just, you know, to get some corn oil and, and dump it in the grain. But I think there's only, there's only so much you can, you can add to the grain that way. What are, what are different ways to add fats? Right. And corn oil too, um, that is, that was, you know, an older fashioned way of adding fat. And we've learned that the omega-3 fatty acids are important, and corn oil is very high in omega-6 fatty acids, which are pro-inflammatory. So if you were right. adding oils, you would want to add 
the other bed, you would want to, uh, to add a flaxseed oil or a fish oil that has is higher in omega-3s. But again, you can only get a horse to eat so much oil. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing, one ingredient that we have found is really good for horses for, as far as a fat ingredient is rice bran. Oh. Um, okay. and rice bran is, it's readily available. You can find it, you know, a lot of places. Our particular product is called Equijoule. Um, when you're feeding rice bran, you want to make sure that it's stabilized because as with any fat, it can go rancid if it's not, if it's not treated. Equijoule is heat stabilized. And that stops it from going rancid. And it's a natural process. So it's a natural product with a natural process of stabilization. Some um, rice bran products will be stabilized with um, chemicals instead. So that's something to look at. How would you, um, how would you know that, Karen? I'm sorry. Uh, jumping right ask, in. You would, okay. you would have to ask the manufacturer how they stabilize their rice bran. Okay. Or look for, like, we have heat stabilized on our bag so that it's easy for you to tell how it's done. Got it. And then, of course, fat provides almost two, two and a quarter times as much energy as the carbohydrates. So you feed a lot less and you get a lot more energy. You can make your meal size much smaller. Is it it fairly easily digested by a horse? It is. Once the horse gets accustomed to it, like um, when we talked about in the beginning, there is fat in a horse's diet naturally. So they have some capacity to digest fat. And then, of course, as with anything, you would introduce it slowly to the diet. And then once the horse is accustomed to it, they digest it very well. Are there any so, uh, da- uh, dangers associated with this with this feeding? I mean, could you could you overfeed it? Well, like anything. I mean, if you overfed fat, you would, you would get some diarrhea. Um, horses can tolerate up to 20% of the entire diet, the total diet in fat. That's a lot of fat. Yeah. Yeah, it is a lot of, yeah. Yeah, that's buckets You'd have to really work hard to overfeed it. Yeah. Got it. But yeah, you can. Um, Some of the benefits of fat um, are that, like we said before, the concentrate portion of the horse's meal can be smaller. You you really never want to feed more than five pounds per feeding because that's about the capacity of the stomach. So you can feed smaller meals because it's more energy dense. Um, and that lowers the risk, of course, of any digestive upset. Um, feeds that are high in soluble carbs, which are the starches and sugars, they cause a lot of hormone surges. They, they burn very quickly. It makes the insulin rise very quickly and drop very quickly. And, you know, if anybody is, you know, if you've ever been hyperglycemic, you know how that feels. You know, when all of a sudden your sugar goes up and it goes down and you feel terrible. Well, fats don't do that. They slow, they burn very slow and steady and they reduce those hormone spikes. So it, horses that tend to be excitable, sometimes that excitability, like people used to say, oh, corn is a hot feed or oats is a hot feed. It was actually those hormone spikes that, that cause that excitability and you don't get that in fat. Oh, so Karen, um, what if you have a horse that's a really picky eater? You know, to, I, every horse I've had that's been skinny is typically a picky eater. How do you kind of combat that? Well, there's a you can use combined products. Like we have a product called Endure Extra, which is a combination of rice bran and flax and some other concentrated fats. And you only have to feed four to eight ounces a day. Um, and we combine that with some um, pre and probiotics that, will help the horse's gut 
to be, will help their appetite. They'll feel better, so they'll eat more. So that's the type of product that I would recommend if you have a real picky horse. Um, the Equijule rice brand is very well accepted by horses. It has a kind of nutty flavor to it, and they seem to really like it. Yeah, and I've had great luck with that Endure Extra. My picky eater, Zoe, um, loves it, and he he's really picky, and he does a really good job. I actually had to call Karen and say, um, I think I need to back him off. <laughs> The Endure Extra, uh, and, and it's been a really, really helpful product for us, especially moving him around and showing he has a tendency to come off feed, and and he eats it um, really, really well. Well, Karen, thank you so much for coming on tonight. This was a great topic, and I can't wait for next month's uh, KPP Supplement Tip of the Month. Uh, Karen, how would people find you online and find some more information about uh, just any supplement questions they have? Well, they can go to kppusa.com. And we also have a Facebook page. So if anybody has a question to ask, they can go on the Facebook page. I monitor that pretty much all the time and ask their questions. Um, or they could also email us at info at kppusa.com. And Karen is fantastic. She will answer any question. And I've, I'm sure I've asked some really silly ones, but she is super easy to work with and is so, so good at this. So Karen, thanks so much for your time. And we will look forward to our tip next month. Thank you, guys. Have a nice day. Justin from Total Saddle Fit uh, joined us to talk about some of the products and how he is developing such great products. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Justin himself from from Total Saddle Fit for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again. Happy to be on. Well, we always love it when you stop by to chat with us because we always have saddle fitting issues. And, uh, and I'm so glad that I can call you myself because I always have saddle fitting issues and you're such a great resource. So tonight we were going to talk to you specifically about the girth, the stretch tech girth and how you developed it and just some just start us off on, on how you, you went there with that. Totally. So it, it's founded in the shoulder relief girth. It does all the same stuff that a shoulder relief girth does. So it redirects the billet line to keep the saddle tree from interfering with the horse's shoulder, gives the horse more elbow clearance from the girth. But there was a few other things that we addressed with it. So basically it's got this unique, maybe call it weird looking triangular elastic in the center of the girth. And it's more elastic in the back center of the girth than it is in the front. And that lets it stretch a little bit asymmetrically with a really deliberate intention to allow it to expand and contract with the horse's chest for the expansion and contraction they have while they're breathing. And the asymmetrically sized elastic stretches in more even proportion to their chest over the sternum. So it gives a, a lighter, like a more delicate contact over the sternum area in general. So that's the main technology performance component of it. And then just for you know, convenience and um, function, we gave it interchangeable liners. So you can swap between leather or neoprene liners, and they, they come on and off really easily for washing or changing bits on the season or something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've been using uh, our stretch back earth in the barn, and we just found it so um, handy. And just the idea, I mean, it's sort of a, you know, you don't find a lot of innovation in intact and i mean we're finding more and more but where did the where did the concept come from because normally the elastic occurs you know where you do the billets up to the girth and what was the the idea behind the 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 elastic in the middle well we basically are obsessed with girths that is what we do that's what we're known for so we spend a lot of time uh 
coming up with ideas, looking at horses, seeing how we can make it better. And horses' chests, you know, expand all the way around, basically. But most, nearly all girths only have elastic at the buckle. Um, and especially if you want a girth to be functional, it has to actually have some ability uh, to hold its shape as well. So we're kind of looking at, like, how can you let a girth expand uh, kind of throughout, but keep its shape to for the shoulder relief element of it to keep the saddle fit benefit. So this is basically what we came up with to address that. And then noticed where a horse or where a girth lies in the horse's girth group. It doesn't necessarily always sit on what you might call like level, level grounded. There, there's a shape to a horse's body as it curves as the chest, as the sternum curves up toward their elbows. So we noticed that shape was changing. So we, we just affected the elastic, changed the elastic to match that shape more effectively. So Justin, if you were, cause we, we have both actually, we have the total, we have the, the original total saddle fit, um, girth and then, you know, the shoulder relief girth and then the elastic in the middle. And how do you decide what horses to put what girth on or, you know, how do you, how do you decide basically? That's a good question. So in general, both will work on both horses. Um, it's kind of like, you know, just saying, do you want the, the, the sort of regular version or the more advanced version. Um, it's, it, it depends person to person. Now, if you want something that has like easier to change liners, for example, then it would be an e- obvious choice. You go to uh, the stretch deck, but there can be some horses that need a little bit more expansion and contraction in their chest where they might put on a regular girth, a shoulder relief girth or, or otherwise that they don't necessarily perform as well. In. you know, that it's too tight on them. It's uh, too tight across the sternum or something. So the stretch tech can give them that, but it generally, I should say, gives them just another sort of level of comfort, level of level of performance. So you can know that they have that much extra given the girth, that much extra potential to be, um, to be performing well. Yeah. And, and actually that's kind of what I just de- decided, um, my sweet Denali, who is the biggest baby about his girth and has, he's, he was so much better with the original, the original. Uh, shoulder mm-hmm. relief girth, but he actually is even better with the stretch tech because that's, I think that was his issue. He didn't like it kind of feeling confined. And as soon as we put that on him, he's significantly better about being girthy. So uh, that was really cool. I was like, oh my goodness, this really made a big difference for this horse. Um, and I, like I said, even just putting it on made a big difference for him. So that's what I would say. If somebody was girthy, try, try it because it, it really made a huge difference in him. Definitely. Definitely. And you know, in some of these cases you do, it, it, there is a little bit of a trial component, which is it's hard to say, you know, without a doubt, which girth one horse will do better in than the other, but we can say that you're going to be generally better off with the stretch tech with more technology and more, more potential for performance. And Justin, I guess the next thing, while we have you on the line here, uh, we wanted to talk about the the six point saddle pad because I'm not sure we've really discussed that too much in depth with you. What, where was the ideas behind the behind the saddle pad and the development of that? So it's basically a fitting like a saddle pad that takes fitting shims, and it has instead of your average four pockets, it has six pockets. We come from a saddle fitting background here, so when you flock a saddle, you look at it much more as if there was like six areas, uh, three on each side of the panels, where you flock a saddle. You might flock it in the center if the saddle is bridging. You might flock it toward the rear of the saddle if it's low behind, etc. But we found that the regular four-pocket fitting 
pads didn't really address this. They had too much material in some places. They, were, they didn't allow the pinpointing. So we basically took what we would do with flocking, built that into a pad, which is three fitting pockets per side. So you can dial in the fit way better, got way more versatility, and it addresses just more problems, basically. Um, and then the one little addition or, or uh, extra thing that we did to that is something called the Wither Freedom Technology. And that is on some of our pads, it comes with an option. You don't have to get it, but it's an option where there's about a, t- a 10 inch cutback in the front of the pad to give relief of the horse's withers. So it takes any downward pressure away from the withers. It gives more saddle clearance over the withers. So a horse that is maybe really high withers, sensitive withers, um, it can help them as well. And I, I just ha- I just had a horse like that and never had one that had such a problem with the withers. And Justin, uh, you know, I called Justin and said, Justin, you know, what do we do with this? Um, and it was unbelievable, the difference with the wither, with the clearance, with that cutout. It was unbelievable because we couldn't, he literally could not go in a regular saddle pad. So um, th- that really made sense. I had never seen that before. Um, so Justin, how, how, um, if you, if, okay, you're having a saddle fit problem. How do you decide to, or where to fit the saddle? Does that make sense? Totally. So you, usually you can diagnose it in most cases. I mean, if the horse has sore spots, that'll be obviously a good indication, but how the saddle is balanced when a rider's in it. Um, and by the way, we have, there's a, there's a saddle fitting manual on how to actually use the pad for the different problems that comes with the, that comes with the pad. So if you, or question, you know, curious about this personally, you can always reference the manual. But basically, you look at how the saddle is balanced for the horse while the rider's in it and address it from there. So, for example, like one case, probably the most common, is a saddle is sitting a little bit low in the front. A rider feels some pressure in the front of the seat by the pommel, maybe, or maybe the back of the saddle is bouncing. In that case, that's totally indicative of the saddle being too low in the front. So, you'd add one shim on each side in the very front of the saddle pad. That'll Bring the front of the saddle up a little bit to level out that, that balance, but it won't affect the center or the rear portion of the saddle because it's only it's only adding the extra um, shim where it needs it and not filling out anywhere in the mid back or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been it's been fantastic for some of the younger horses who are developing, and I can I can sort of look at it and adjust it, you know, sort of week to week or or every couple of weeks and and. You know, as the horse builds his muscle in his back, you sort of start taking the shims out or moving them if they if the saddle needs balance. So I, I think that's been the biggest benefit for for me because you know I, I like to have the older horses when they are developed to have their saddles fit to them. And so, but the pad is a great sort of in between. You know, if your if your horse is 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 developing as you ride them, I think it's been really awesome. What other feedback and uses um, have you have people been been uh, using this pad for um well there's all kinds of uses but let me real quick comment on what you just said which is um you know these pads are great for in between adjustments it's like kind of what you're saying so definitely if you have access to a saddle fitter and you use one regularly that's still great but these kinds of pads can get you can sort of bridge the gap to from one adjustment to the other and make sure the saddle's always fitting how it should as opposed to um you know having a saddle fit by a saddle fitter and then it kind of sort of declining over time and then nine months later the saddle fitter comes back and it's great for a few months and then it kind of starts breaking down this will let you tailor fit it you know month over month and get you a much more consistent fit 
Well, and that makes sense because we have that problem a lot here. You know, it's not a big deal if you're in Florida or you're in an area where there are, there are saddle fitters all the time. But if, you know, I have a lot of students or myself, you know, we'll go for a period of time where we don't have anybody and that's tricky. So uh, I think that that is a huge, it's just good to have one of these pads in the barn, <laughs> especially if you're a trainer, you should just have one because it is something oh, that you can pull out and, and, you know, get pretty, really good resources and access on how to use it and it can fit a lot of problems so it's it's just one of those um pads that i think everybody should own for sure well thank you reese you're a very <laughs> good poster child for the pad and the girth so i'm very thrilled <laughs> well, that working out the well, well for you. but but we really like we really use the products and like you said that's really important for us because the other thing i like about the girth and and this is probably not the way you're supposed to do it but when um in the summer, it, everybody gets really hot and sweaty here, and, and we just hose the girls off, and they held up great. And I'm not sure we're supposed to be doing that, but we do it. And it's really <laughs> Hit it with a hose, right? I, I, I do. I'm not going to lie, especially the stretch tech with the neoprene. You can just, you know, and, and that's way easier because girls and stuff just get gross. I mean, anywhere it's where they're sweating and getting hot. Um, so oh, just, yeah. I'm probably not cleaning the girth appropriately, but it seems to be working very well for us. I will say that you won't find that cleaning description on our website. That's not exactly how we recommend it. No. How would you <laughs> recommend it to works, clean it, it since we've got you on the line? <laughs> just, I, you know, besides a hose or a power washer, um, I would just uh, – <laughs> this is pretty basic. Like any other letter, keep it clean, damp cloth, you know, condition it um, condition it a couple, once or twice a month. Um, you really don't need to do much. The letters are the letters actually really, really sealed, which is probably why – puts up with your hosing <laughs> off without too much hassle. So <laughs> cleaning is not, is not hard. Yeah, it's not hard. And it's great. And a lot of other girls are, are not as, um, are not as forgiving. Uh, forgiving. That's a better word. So thank you, Justin, for giving us a forgiving girth that we can easily <laughs> clean inappropriately. But uh, no, but Justin, thank you. You come, you have the best products and we really do enjoy, um, we use them. Philip and I use them every day. We're not just kidding around. Uh, and we both run busy training barns and, and all the products are great. And Justin's super easy to work with and lots of fun and, um, can answer all the questions and certainly does for us as well. Cause we all run into them. So Justin, thank you so much for coming on. How can our listeners find you online? Go to total saddle fit com. You can find everything you need there. If you have saddle fit questions, just email us off the website. Whether you buy stuff from us or not, we're happy to help you with saddle fit problems. Um, totalsaddlefit.com. That's where we're at. Great. Thanks, Justin. We can't wait to have you on again. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great one. Well, Phil, that was an awesome show, and we know we have a couple listener questions to get to, and uh, we will get to them. We've had a busy couple weeks, so we will get to those when we get back in a couple weeks. No problem. Keep them coming. We always love listener feedback and questions, um, and we will take care of those. So, uh, Phil, I'm going to miss you, but I'm sure I'll talk to everybody, and you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is on Facebook, or my email is at philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.